Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Hot Take Fantasy Football Show. I am once again joined by Skyler. Hello. And as always, we're going to do our usual stars of the week. We're going to check in on some rookie running backs and what else is going on in the league. And of course, our hot take. So Skyler, as always, started off. Who is our uh, star quarterback this week? Maybe this is an easy one, but I'm going Deshaun Watson. You know, he's been struggling this season and probably because he uh, doesn't have Hopkins to throw to anymore. Doesn't doesn't help. But uh, he really balled out. Uh, you know, he put the ball where he needed to. Um, he made that offense hum. And uh, I'm excited to see him going forward. I don't I don't think he'll he I think this is kind of the bounce back he needed and we'll continue to see his kind of reduction going forward. So yeah, it was unfortunate they did not get the win this week. It was a very tough and close game. They really gave Tennessee a fight. And it looks like Houston's back on the right, right track, especially with my boy, Romeo Cromel, leading the charge down in Houston. Greatest coach ever, Romeo Cromel. You did, you did call that. I said Romeo Cromel was going to fix everything. I said it. Romeo Cromel is my guy. I love him for no reason other than the, his name is Romeo Cromel. I couldn't tell you anything else about him, to be completely honest. But speaking of guys with a bounce back week, uh, my star quarterback this week was Matt Ryan. Uh, Atlanta has been down in the dumps, similar to Deshaun Watson, almost identical situation. He had Julio this week, you know, be healthy. And it looked like the Matt Ryan of old. They absolutely dominated this Sunday. And I mean, I don't necessarily think Matt Ryan's going to continue this, especially because the injuries to the Atlanta receiver core. But I think we're starting to see some of the old MVP Matt Ryan signs of life, if you will. Yeah, I thought Matt Ryan actually did something where uh, that he hasn't done in a while, where he didn't just let the defense dictate who he's going to throw to. Um, and he decided to trust Julio Jones, who's just the best receiver in the NFL. So, uh, or maybe top three, at least. So that doesn't, that didn't, uh, that didn't hurt. You know, he's been uh, shying away from, from using one of the best receivers in the NFL for a while because the defense uh, dictated that. And uh, he finally decided to, to not let that happen this week. So hopefully that continues. Yeah, uh, definitely Julio, top three receiver. That might be for another episode, us arguing who are the top five receivers. We did this in the preseason. I'd love to come back and revisit this, actually. But we got to move along. Skyler, who is your star running back this week? Star running back this week is DeAndre Swift. He uh, he had a very good game. Um, the game changed for him in the from the beginning of the game to the end of the game, he started um, being able to read that second level a little bit better. He, you know, he was doing a pretty good job in the early uh, part of the game to kind of read those uh, first initial um, D linemen and linebackers, but then getting to the second level, he wasn't as good. And uh, he actually started to really trust his speed and really be able to just say, Hey, I'm faster than everyone. Let me bounce this outside and, uh, and be able to get, make some room. So DeAndre Swift played great and I'm excited to see him going forward. Yeah, I felt like it took him a little bit of time to get his feet wet, almost kind of like a, uh, a team where they draft, uh, you know, almost like the Tua situation. They let Ryan Fitzpatrick, though, in my opinion, Ryan Fitzpatrick should still be the quarterback because I don't know why you want to put Tua in now. I don't see the reason you're winning. Just keep going with what you're working with. But similar to, I think, DeAndre Swift's situation, you know, you look kind of let Adrian Peterson and carry on Johnson take the, you know, the workload early on let him get used to the NFL let him get used to reading you know just the defense and stuff like that and slowly adjusting to the NFL game speed well the reason that you uh you put two in is because he's a better quarterback and Ryan Fitzpatrick we've How seen every year we've seen every year Fitz magic do not disrespect Fitz magic 
Fitzmagic at some point dies out, and uh, he went the, to the Dolphin, Harvard. The Dolphins decided he that they have a chance to win went their division. To Harvard, that should be the. He scored perfect on the Wonderlick. I'm outraged. Anyway, speaking of rookie running backs, and my star, uh, my star running back of the week, because apparently I don't know how to talk this week, is none other than Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, another rookie back, which is I think our theme this week. You know, with the news of Le'Veon Bell going to Kansas City, absolutely destroyed me, destroyed my fantasy teams, destroyed my Le'Veon and Clyde value. But Clyde decided to, uh, you know, just decided to say, you know what, I'm here. This is my team. I'm going to be the lead back still. He didn't score any touchdowns. He didn't get any goal line opportunities, but I really felt like he showed in that game that he is the number one back in Kansas City. Clyde played great. Um, I think he did get a goal line opportunity. He got a couple, but he didn't convert. That was the problem. Right. Yeah. He didn't, he didn't convert, but uh, he, I mean, he played really uh, impressively. And I, I mean, he just made a case. He has to be used going forward by the chiefs. Um, I think that Le'Veon Bell is still going to take some, some work away, which, which sucks. But uh, if the chiefs offense can play any better than they have been, because I think they've been a little bit um, sluggish, CEH's value should be uh, pretty high. So I'm not too worried about him. I don't think he's going to be, you know, he has a chance for being top five running back anymore, but he definitely has a chance to be uh, to be really good this season. So not too worried about him fantasy-wise going forward. Yeah, and I mean, if you own him in Dynasty, I think this actually helps him a lot more than you realize because he's going to learn at least a couple things from Le'Veon. It's a veteran presence. I Do they even have a veteran back like that in Kansas City before Le'Veon got there? Like I mean, they I have DeAndre Washington who doesn't really play. They have No, DeAndre Williams. Washington got cut beginning of the season. He got cut. Yeah. They don't have DeAndre Washington. They have Darrell Williams, who I don't know how long he's been in the league, but yeah, yeah. he's been in there. But, but, um, having, but having someone like Bell come in, I think is going to help his progression throughout the league. And next season, I think it's only going to boost his value. Yeah, and I think it also will, you know, he's not great at pass blocking and Le'Veon Bell has been phenomenal at that. So hopefully that can help him. Uh, he can learn something there. Yeah, that's one of Le'Veon's, I felt like, really underrated things is his pass blocking. I know that, Whenever Steelers were on Monday Night Football, they'd always point it out. But I still felt like that was one of Le'Veon's most underrated parts of his game was how great of a pass blocker he was. Yeah, definitely. So my wide receiver star of the week, Julio Jones. Julio! Uh, he, uh, I mean, again, I said it with, uh, with kind of when we were talking about Matt Ryan, but Julio was just finally getting the ball, showed why he's extremely dominant. Luckily, he didn't show any signs of uh, that injury. Um, I think he's probably past that. And uh, yeah, I mean, he's just phenomenal. Yeah, he can do it all. He's big, tall, fast, strong. So I'm excited just the fact that uh, he's back and, uh, and maybe that uh, maybe that Falcons offense won't lose in the fourth quarter anymore. Yeah, I, you know, I think Julio being back is huge, but you know, the injuries are still there. We don't necessarily know if this is going to be consistent production. We just have to hope that he's there and he's healthy every week. And we know that, that the old Julio will come out and will be a baller. But speaking of guys with uh, alliteration names, uh, going from one J squared to another, my star wide receiver this week is rookie Justin Jefferson. He did it again. He did it again. And he was the only bright spot, honestly, for, I think, Minnesota. I mean, 166 yards, two tutties, nine receptions. He's looking great. He's looking like a lot of teams messed up by letting him fall, in my opinion, especially for wide receivers compared to CeeDee Lamb and Henry Ruggs. Eagles. 
<laughs> yeah, specifically the Eagles messed up, but it wouldn't be a football season without the Eagles doing something stupid. So you got to give them that. But definitely looking like the best rookie wide receiver so far. Looks head and shoulders better than, you know, the, the trio that was taken early. Oh, um, I don't know. You don't think, think so? CD Lamb looks better. You think CD Lamb looks better than Justin Jefferson? Yeah, I think Justin Jefferson uh, is benefits from you know that style of offense and CD mm-hmm. Lamb. I mean, his his lack of production is simply because they have three good, they have you know two other very good receivers on that team. So, but I think CD Lamb is is definitely the best out of, out of uh, if you're talking about those first five receivers taken. So Henry Ruggs, CD Lamb, who uh, Jerry Judy, uh, Jerry Judy, Justin Jefferson, and Jalen Rager. Mm-hmm. I think was Rager taken before Ayuk? Yeah. Okay. It went uh Rager, Jefferson, uh Ayuk. Okay. But we can still um, throw Ayuk in there. I would still say Ayuk I would Well, I, I don't know. I think I think a lot of teams messed up not taking Chase Claypool. He's a he's a baller. He has been balling. I don't think he had that good of a week this week as compared to Justin Jefferson, but you're right in the sense that teams messed up and overlooking Chase Claypool. You know what? You know why these teams are all messing up? They're not taking the players with alliteration names. <laughs> Chase Claypool, Justin Jefferson, Jerry Judy, Julio Jones. That's the secret. Let me tell you this right now, <laughs> folks. That's who you got to draft. Just only alliteration players. No one else except for Cam Newton. Only guy you can take without that. Are there any running backs with alliteration? Probably not. But still, nonetheless, I thought Justin Josh Jacobs. Jacobs. Okay, you're right. Josh Jacobs. Bam. That's a great running back. That's your first pick right there. First pick in the alliteration draft. You get, you get Jacobs. Ezekiel Elliott. Well, you got to make some trades. I don't think Jacobs can last that round and late into the <laughs> second. <laughs> but nonetheless, Justin Jefferson had a great week. And though Skyler and I disagree on who's the better rookie wide receiver, there is without a doubt that he has been top three, maybe even top two. And if you're coming from me and he's not two, so shout out Drake. <laughs> but yeah, he, uh, I mean, he's a stud. Um, you know, if I'm in Dynasty and I own Adam Thielen, I'd be a little nervous just for that value going forward. I, I mean, you saw with Stephon Diggs, who we know is a baller last uh, last year. He, just, you know, he didn't, he couldn't produce in fantasy just because Kirk Cousins stinks. Uh, I'd be a little nervous for Adam Thielen just going forward. You know, they might try to trade him too. But uh, speaking to Stephon Diggs, he had a great week as well, um, which wasn't as pronounced, uh, I think, because of all the pass interference. But if you took those away, and those were receptions. He might have had 200 yards. So uh, just want to shout him out real quick. Yeah, I'll always shout out Stephon Diggs. I like Stephon Diggs. Moving on, Skyler, who's your tight end of the week? It can't be Jonu Smith this week, unfortunately. Jonu Smith, unfortunately, got hurt. And, uh, I was it Anthony Ferkser um, played yeah. pretty well in his, in his absence. I don't think that he played that well. I think it was more that um, no one wanted to cover him. Uh, Derrick Henry was, was, uh, you know, just punishing the the Texans, uh, front seven. So they couldn't really do much else, but, uh, my Titan star of the week is actually Trey Burton. Um, you know, he, he's bounced around. You, uh, people thought he was going to be the savior tight end in Chicago. Uh, now he's on the Colts and, and he played pretty well. He looked kind of like that move tight end that you'd want to see, uh, you'd want to see more of, and, you know, it takes time for tight ends to develop. So maybe this is kind of the start of uh, Trey Burton, really um coming to, into his own so i'm excited for trey burton uh, going forward you know i'm not saying push all your chips in on him in on him but definitely uh keep an eye 
What type of routes does Trey Burner run? I mean, I know he's in Indianapolis, so he's with Philip Rivers, so he can't run more than like ten yards down the field, right? <laughs> I uh, I didn't I didn't watch all of his routes run, but um, yeah, I mean, Rivers can sometimes get the ball twenty yards, maybe on a. You ever you ever think a, about a, how on a like scene? The, the Raiders essentially had just made Derek Carr like a junior Philip Rivers. Like everything's just a check down. Like he doesn't throw the ball more than well, except for that Kansas City game where he threw the ball like fifty yards down the field every time. But right. I feel like Well, they made uh they made Derek Carr an old Philip Rivers because Philip Rivers when he was younger could throw. Now yeah. <laughs> they just said, Derek Carr, you uh you gotta play like Philip Rivers plays now. Yeah, it, it pains me when we talk about tight ends that I haven't even really got, gotten to bring up Darren Waller much except for our did he play basketball segment. And Darren Waller, who is probably one of the best fantasy tight ends last year, has been very moot because the Raiders refused to run him more than, I guess, five to ten yards down the field. So I'm hoping that, you know, maybe 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 we can move Darren Waller to the Colts, you know, give him Phillip Rivers, at least a quarterback that we know can only throw five and ten yards down the field instead of just being mad that they don't actually run Darren Waller longer down the field. I don't see that happening, but you know, maybe, uh, maybe they trade a third for Sam Darnold and he pans out. Who knows? Who wants to trade for Sam Darnold? Well, I guess what they have, uh, they have Peterman there, so (laughs) we'll take anyone. That Nathan Peterman, man. I don't don't even want to talk about how he still has a job. And speaking of guys that have a job, my star tight end this week is uh, Rob Gronkowski. Showed a little bit of a vintage Gronk. You know, he got a touchdown, put in almost 80 yards. He looked like Gronk's supposed to look in a sense, but obviously the years have taken its toll and it doesn't look like he should be in the league, but he was one of the better tight ends this week. Your thoughts on Gronk's performance this week? Yeah, I mean, I think the the thing about Gronk is that Brady trusts him um, and, you know, trusts him to run the route, knows where he's going to be. Gronk's not really separating, but he's still a big, tall guy. So, you know, he, if Brady throws it in a, in a somewhat casual spot, Gronk's going to do a good job of getting it. Now, I'm not expecting him to then turn around and run for 40 yards or anything or, you know, beat guys down the seam. But I think he's a, he, you know, he could play, he could play for you. I think he's a tight end one going forward just because of his, as long as he doesn't get hurt, his just ability to, to be open for, uh, for Brady, especially with Godwin and uh, Evans around. I think he's going to, he, he's not going to have as much uh, pressure on him to, to produce. Yeah. I, I think I like Gronk's situation. I think a lot of people liked Gronk's situation, which was that he would, you know, be in the tight end. He's Brady, one of Brady's favorite targets and that Brady would find him. And like you said, Brady trusts Gronk and it took some time and the trust was finally there and it paid dividends finally this week. But like we said, it took some time moving on. Star of the week, Skyler, who was your standout player this week? So I've always been a big fan of his and big fan. Uh, maybe that's a, a little strong. I've always been a fan of his. I think he gets a bad, I think he's gotten a bad rap for a while. I don't think he was used correctly by his previous, uh, by, you know, his coaching staff and then by his quarterback. But, uh, you know, he's finally in an offense that's humming. And, and with that, uh, Ronald Jones, as my star of the week he played wait, great wait um, wait, wait 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 hold on you're telling me Dirk Cutter is a good offensive coach what <laughs> I I don't believe you you're wrong he was supposed to make Jameis Winston good we'll leave it at that folks but continue on about talking about the man <laughs> Ronald Jones yeah uh so anyway um yeah Dirk Cutter uh that's a funny one <laughs> uh but uh 
But Ronald Jones, I, you know, he's a good running back. He's underrated. Uh, he's small, but he plays big, which is always a, a fun to watch. He finds the hole. He has good vision. Um, and he's pretty quick coming out of that. I don't think he's the fastest guy, but he's, you know, he can get, he can beat, he can beat some players on the field. So Ronald Jones is my star of the week. Uh, and um, even if Leonard Fournette comes back healthy, I'm still thinking that Ronald Jones is going to be um, the main guy there. So start of the week. Yeah, I got to agree. You know, it's taken a really long time for Ronald Jones. Did I just voice crack? Who knows? It's taken a really long time for Ronald Jones to, uh, you know, finally, I guess, uh, be free. So he's in. He's been in metamorphosis. Is that what the butterflies do? Is that the process sure. it's called? Anyway, yeah, he's, coming, that. He's, he's coming out of the cocoon right now and he's becoming the butterfly he was supposed to be all along. So I'm happy to see this progression with him. I've always been a big Ronald Jones believer this season. I was a little bullish on him because I'd been hurt the previous years, but I'm happy to see that he's finally getting, you know, the recognition and the, the touches and everything in the offense, and the production that he deserves himself. And speaking of guys who, you know, deserve the production that they got this week, my star of this week is Will Fuller, the fifth, the guy, the man, the myth, the legend. Will Fuller is, is just the classic. He's always hurt. He's that he could have been guy. And, you know, great deep ball threat. Always puts up big numbers when he's healthy. Like this week, touchdown, 123 yards, six catches. It's just when is it when he's not hurt and that's the problem with will fuller and i just wish him to have a clean bill of health for the rest of his career it's probably not going to happen which depresses me but i could only hope will fuller continues to you know at least be healthy and be i guess more consistent in staying on the field yeah i think will fuller is pretty good um i don't think he's great or anything uh but sean watson likes to throw to him and that's a that that helps so i think will fuller is a is a good is a good receiver, uh, you know. My guess he's probably going to get hurt, so I want to trade him. Listen, that, that's my guess too. I honestly believe it's going to happen. I don't want to wish injuries on anyone. I don't like wishing people to get hurt, and I'm not wishing. Definitely it not wishing injuries. Just uh, yeah, don't expect just, it. I, I expect it to happen, which is which is very sad. But on a happier note, we'll be talking about the future of some of these rookie running backs. So, Skylar, I'm going to give you some names, and you tell me where you think that they're going to be ranked this season. And then also later on in the future, if we can remember where we had them, we'll do it as two separate things. So this season, and we're comparing rankings, this, uh, we're comparing this between each running back, each rookie running back. Yeah. So we'll have like this season's rankings, right. And then mm-hmm. what is their value in the future? So perfect. So I'll list off the running backs and you just go down one by one, you know, talk about their situations and stuff, and then we'll do the ranking. Okay. Sound good? All right. So the rookie running backs that we'll be talking about are DeAndre Swift for Detroit, J.K. Dobbins out in Baltimore, Jonathan Taylor in Indianapolis, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire in Kansas City, Antonio Elair. Elair. I'm never going to get that right. I should have just said C. Elair. Not going to. Sorry, Clyde. I'm going to try. It's not going to work. I'm <laughs> C.E.H. in Kansas City, Antonio <laughs> Gibson in Washington, football team because i just like saying that it's fun for me and uh cam Akers down in los angeles that's not feel right to say and then uh oh my god i gotta learn how to say his last name again because i can't jamichael hasty yep jamichael hasty you're right rookie undrafted rookie on the 49ers so skyler very quickly first how do you rank these seven running backs and then explain why you rank them for the remainder of the season 
So I'm just going to start with number one, Jonathan Taylor. Um, you know, we saw uh, DeAndre Swift put it together, um, but I think uh, his running style, and this is kind of why I wasn't the biggest John, uh, DeAndre Swift fan in the past, was his running style kind of led to, it was really, I want to bounce that side, I want to bounce that side, which in the NFL only works for so long. Uh, I want to see him really develop that vision inside to kind of force defenders to take a bad, bad angle on him and, and allow him to, to break free in a hole. So Jonathan Taylor, um, he's behind one of the best offensive lines. I'm even not playing like that at the moment, but uh, I still think they, you know, the talent wise, they're there. So he's behind one of the best offensive lines. Um, and he's, he's a beast of back, he's a massive guy, great speed in the open field. So I think you can, you're going to see a lot from him and uh, I'm definitely excited to see him going forward. I think so going forward, I think he's number one in the future. Uh, I'd probably put him at um, number two. Okay. I like that. I'm a big Jonathan Taylor guy as well. You know, I think Indianapolis gives him a really good situation, but like you said, you know, he's got to learn on a run on the inside a little bit more and I think he'll develop. And obviously this season, he has the most potential, especially with Le'Veon Bell going to Kansas City, hurting CEH's value immensely. But who's your number two for the remainder of this season? My number two is actually CEH. Um, I think it's easy. He's on that. He's on that Chiefs offense, uh, and that's not gonna. You know, he's just gonna score points because of that. Um, but then you know, if you look at all the other guys, everyone else has a you know veteran running back. Uh, with them. I think Le'Veon Bell isn't in his prime anymore. Um, he's still great, but not in his prime anymore. And he might, and he's, and Le'Veon, I expect is going to take that Daryl Williams role pretty much entirely away, but CEH has still been playing well under that. He was, I think, tight end or running back 12 uh, until this week. And he probably bumped up from there. So uh, I'd say CEH is my number two um, and going forward, he's, he's my number one uh, clear cut. Yeah, and that makes sense. CEH has more talent. He looks great. And, of course, obviously, he is the future one, especially being in that Kansas City offense. The only concern I have with his future value is purely how long is Le'Veon going to be around. You know, we're talking about Le'Veon replacing him as the third down back, which they were doing with Williams, who is not as good as Le'Veon Bell. So you're bringing in a lot better talent. And that kind of scares me a little bit for as a dynasty owner, but at the end of the day, CEH is going to outlast Le'Veon. He's going to be a crucial part of the offense. You don't draft a first round running back if you don't think they're going to make a huge impact on the team. Yeah. I mean, Le'Veon Bell is a, on a one-year deal. I don't think he's going to be there next year. I think, I think he's going to Miami next year. Space somewhere. He's going Uh, to Miami. I think he, I think he fits Miami, but uh, as far as CEH, I I think he'll get better at pass protection. Uh, You know, that probably comes with time. He probably wasn't called on to do that as much in LSU. Yeah, I remember him being there, but I don't think he they really use him that much. Um, again, again, as we protection. talked about earlier, the veteran presence of Le'Veon, he's going to teach him how to pass block. He's going to teach him how to be a better pass catcher. Le'Veon is going to help CEH's value immensely. It's just how long is Le'Veon going to be around? That is the real question. Um, and so uh, that brings me to the third rookie running back um, for this season, uh, I think it's pretty simple. Uh, it's DeAndre Swift. I, I bet people probably may have thought that we we're going to say that earlier, um, just with his breakout performance. But DeAndre Swift is—he's uh, very good. Um, I still think Adrian Peterson is going to be involved. And if you look at touch percentage, you know, even Carryon Johnson got 13 uh, snaps or snap percentage. Carryon Johnson got 13 snaps, so he's still—he's still there. 
and just being part of that three-handed monster, you know, some weeks he's going to be quiet, some weeks he might explode, but Dundry Swift is, is good. He's a good running back and he has a lot of uh, the intangibles you want to see. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just, you know, can he put it together completely, which I don't even know if he did in college, uh, yeah. in my opinion. So uh, he's my number three going forward um, uh, for this season. My number four going forward uh, in general. All right. I got to agree with that. I actually might have him a little bit lower in the future, uh, purely because I'm a little bit higher on some of the other guys on this list. But I agree with the fact that he's the number three. And I mean, once we get past who I think I know you're going to pick for the next guy, this is where it gets a little sketchy for finding value in the uh, in this season. But after Swift, we're just talking about guys that are going to give you a lot of good upside in the future, and they should be good running backs. But moving on, who's your number four rookie running back for this season? So my number four is almost a toss up, but I'm I think it's got to go. Think about it. To be completely I think honest. I have to go. I have to go with Dobbins, uh, J.K. Dobbins. Really? Wow. Yeah. So, yeah, that's why I said it's a toss-up. I think, uh, you know, the Mark Ingram injury uh, hurts. Um, and I think really what's hurt uh, all those running backs uh, in, in Baltimore is that um, the Ravens offense hasn't been dealing like they used to. You know, they're not putting up those, you know, 40-point weeks in the first quarter type of thing. I think uh, they're, they will improve. I don't think – I think that Lamar Jackson's having a little rough time um, which, you know, I kind of expected coming into the season, but you know, not to this extent. But I do think that uh, J.K. Dobbins will see, will be, will break out. He was one of my favorite running backs coming out. Uh, I really liked him. He's, he's tough. He had great vision in college and I've, I haven't seen anything showing that he doesn't now. And he's a good pass catcher. He's pretty much Mark Ingram, uh, you know, but uh, younger um, and, and kind cheaper. of his running style. Younger and cheaper. What? I was younger yeah. and cheaper. So, so I'm assuming that you got him four for this season so that he's sliding into number three for future ownership. That's correct. All right. That's correct. And yeah, yeah, I also like Dobbins. I think very different to Swift's situation where you would assume that Dobbins would be more involved in that three-headed monster. It seems that they kind of almost like want to really take their time getting them worked into the offense and understanding the offense, which is – not great for fantasy owners, but for future value, it's fantastic and it's great for dynasty. So now I'm a little curious as to who's your number five back for the rest of the season. This is where I'm. I'm I want to see where you're going with this list. I'm oh, uh, I think this is. I think this makes it easy, right? Like I said, I had a toss up at four. Number five is uh, Antonio Gibson. He's getting, you know, he's getting snaps taken away by Peyton Barber and. Uh, JD McKissick's taking snaps. We kind of know how good JD McKissick is, which is he's a jag. Peyton Barber <laughs> is worse than a jag. Um, you know, he's just not good. Uh, and, and Antonio Gibson, we've seen flashes of him being excellent. And we've seen like more than just flashes of him really reading um, his offensive line and, you know, manipulating uh, uh, linebackers um, to, to open up a hole. It's just we need that to be consistent, and we need him to be consistently used in the passing game, which just is you know uh, a trust thing with his coaching staff. So, I think uh, going forward for the rest of the season, um, I don't know when it will happen, but I think he'll fully take on that uh, featured back role in Washington um, before the season's over, and uh, and then going forward, I think he has the athleticism that if he can really put it all together, you know, I just I think Swift is a little more advanced in his 
you know, in his skill set. Uh, but Antonio Gibson's not far behind. So I, I, I think that uh, going forward, Gibson will be in both aspects, the number five rookie running back. Yeah, I think I might have had Gibson above Dobbins this year uh, in terms of just their value, just because Dobbins has been not where you want him to be or where we expected him to be. But Gibson has slowly worked his way up into being a consistent flex to maybe you got to buy RB2 running back. You know, he's kind of worked himself into saying that I'm here and I can play. So I like Antonio Gibson. I think he's going to be good for the Washington football team. You know, if they didn't try to trade away every offensive line piece that they had, he might be a little bit better of a rusher, but I think he's got a good future ahead of him, especially with Ron Rivera there. Uh, That's going to be a very good team. Is Jack Del Rio the defensive coordinator there or offensive coordinator? Do you know? I hope he's the defensive coordinator. Well, he's a defensive guy, so. Okay, good. Because if Jack Del Rio is running the offense, then I would say don't buy Antonio Gibson, but he's running the defense, so you don't have to worry about that. (laughs) Jack Del Rio is a bum, and I would say (laughs) And not because of other reasons. He's just purely a bum. That's about it. But Um, moving on, who's your six? Who's the six guy? Who is the six? My six is uh, Jermichael Hasty. Ah. Um, and that is for this season. Uh, Jermichael Hasty is, you know, I've never been a huge Mostert fan. I, I think he's a, a track star who has, you know, a little bit of size and 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 some and enough vision. I think Jared McKinnon is pretty good. They have a lot of running backs. Um, and, you know, I'm not saying ever use Jermichael Hasty, <laughs> like unless you really have to or there's a bunch of injuries. Like me, but, I uh, have to get Jermichael Hasty because I'm. Hurt. But uh, I would. Uh, I I think like he he will put up a couple games this season of uh, you know ridiculous numbers similar to how Tevin Coleman had a four had you know a couple four touchdown games last year. It's just that that offense and if that offense is right, which they look pretty pretty right this past Sunday, then it uh, you know he's going to have some good weeks again. I would hate to have to use him i hope no one has to use him but uh at the very least i think he'll have a couple weeks where we're going to shine so uh for the rest of the season i have jermichael hasty dynasty future i think uh running backs in in the niner system is a rotating rotating door yeah um, they're coming in they're coming out you, they don't want to have to pay him much because they can find these values that you know all they need is a fast guy who can who can make a good one cut um that's what they're looking for so I, uh, I'm not too excited about his dynasty future because he might not be on the team in five years or, he, you know, he's still going to be part of a 12 headed monster monster. But uh, I, I think for the rest of the season, Jermichael Hasty is the, uh, is the number six. Yeah. Uh, I'm kind of hasty. That's funny. I'm kind of concerned about, uh, you know, his value moving on this season. You know, Jarek McKinnon's still there and Jarek McKinnon, you know, stepped up when Mostert was out. But I think what made San Francisco so successful last year was that they just constantly kept churning running backs and just constantly rotating who was the guy that week. And so it kind of makes hasty, you know, kind of dangerous to pick up this year. Like you said, only if you really need to, like myself, but at the same time, we've seen the Niners under Shanahan do this where they just pick random running back out of the hat and the guy just becomes a beast. So for this season, like we said, if you're desperate, pick up hasty and he's not worth it in dynasty. He's not worth a keeper. He's worth maybe in the dynasty redraft, you know, when you got to draft some guys to fill out the roster, maybe, but 
even you got to see what happens this year and what the Niners are going to do next year, even with Mostert, with Cole. Do they still have Tevin Coleman? Is he hurt? I don't even know. I'm a Niners fan. I really don't know right now, to be honest. I think he's hurt. Okay. I hadn't seen him in a while, so that's why I asked. I just know it's just been the Jarek McKinnon show and Jeff Wilson Jr. And not he's not even really doing that much, but that's neither here nor there. So this brings us to our last guy. Cam Akers stuck in a really weird situation with Malcolm Brown and Daryl Henderson Jr. So what's the outlook? I guess there's not so much positive outlook for this season. So let's talk about why he has some value in Dynasty. Um, just simply his athleticism. And, you know, that doesn't always work out sometimes that an athletic guy isn't actually good at football. You know, Trent Richardson, great example. He's crazy athletic, you know, and uh, super explosive. And if you can figure it out, it will work well. Um, you know, he can, he's, he, he's a receiver out of the backfield. Um, all signs point to he can pass block a little bit. Um, and, you know, he's, he's very fast and, and, and big. So, uh, you know, I'm not saying that you should go out and, and trade for him. Maybe if, if the value on him is low right now, maybe it's not a bad time. He can work out. And I think it really, and, but I don't see him, it would take a lot for him to be better than Daryl Henderson. So that, that does make me nervous going forward. But uh, yeah, you know, he, he has all, he has everything he needs to be great. It's just, can he put it together? So um, yeah, I'm not, I, again, I don't want to use Cam Akers this season. Maybe if Daryl Henderson, and gets hurt um then i think he's he's definitely startable um but besides that i wouldn't use him this season and and in dynasty i just hope that uh he figures it out so yeah couldn't agree more with the cam Akers take i see it the exact same way and as always to close out the show we're gonna go with our hot takes so skylar what's your hot take this week my hot take this week is uh the Steelers are the lock of the week their defense is phenomenal um, no Taylor Rowan for the Titans. Um, they're going to crush. Um, I, I see them winning by at least, uh, you know, 10 points. I don't think they're going to let, uh, they're going to let Derrick Henry just run into the line, run into the line and then break one for a long one, which he loves to do. I think they're going to keep him uh, settled down, especially with that front seven is just incredible. So my, my hot take of the week is that the Steelers are going to win by, uh, you know, probably 10 point at least 10 points. And if you're a betting guy, the spread is a Steelers plus one right now. So, Bet them, bet them often, bet them hard. So, uh, yeah, Steelers winning by at least 10. I like that. I like that take. I agree that it's hot that you're saying they're going to win by 10. I think the Steelers are going to win in general, but the fact that they're going to win so handedly, according to you, I think is what makes this a very spicy take, if you will. Now, my I believe my take is muy caliente. My co-host believes that I'm just crazy, or if I'm loco, if you will, if I'm going to keep the Spanish theme going. My hot take this week is, is that Kyler Murray – going to outduel Russell Wilson. I'm calling it the passing of the guard game. It's going to be Kyler Murray's going to finally ball out. He's going to look like the number one pick that he is. He's going to beat Seattle on the ground. He's going to just throw it to DeAndre Hopkins 20 times. He's going to catch every single one. And it's really going to be more like DeAndre Hopkins carrying Kyler Murray this week in a sense in my mind. But nonetheless, I think Kyler Murray is going to outduel Russell Wilson this week. Um, because your take is so hot and I know it's wrong. It's so caliente, as you said, uh, the loser, uh, if, 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 if the Cardinals don't win, uh, you have to drink a four loco and if the Cardinals win, I'll drink a four loco. I got to drink a four loco. What does this look like? I'm in college. Yeah. Because the, your, your take's so wrong. 
that's fine. I don't mind my take being so wrong. I enjoy the fact that my take is fun. Nonetheless, it's hot. <laughs> it's spicy. I like that. It's, it's caliente. It's loco. It, it's loco caliente. <laughs> We're terrible right. people. We should not be doing that anymore. <laughs> but thank you so much for listening once again uh, to another Hot Take Fantasy Football show. Please remember to like and rate. You know, uh, we're on Twitter at the at TWAWD podcast in which I only talk about soccer and I don't tweet about football. So if you want your spicy soccer take specifically about United's men's national team, I'm your guy. Uh, other than that, thank you so much for listening. Have a good day.